Welcome to Empowered Radio. I am your host, Emma Montgomery, an online nutrition and fitness coach and creator of Shred Within. Each week, we'll talk all things nutrition, training, and mindset. You'll be able to take my tips and strategies and apply what you learn to see results with both your body and your mind. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. What's up, y'all? Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of Empowered Radio. So today we are going to talk about why you cannot stay on plan. So I know that a ton of people, um, the majority of the world, dare I say, started a diet on New Year's Day, um, which is great. And I talked a a lot about um, why I felt um, dieting at the New Year's was perfectly fine and having support system because you have a ton of people around you that are also going to be dieting and it's um, much more advantageous to do something like that when you've got people on your side, so to speak. So um, today we're going to talk about why you can't stay on plan because I hear from people over and over. And if you see the statistics, why people set resolutions or weight loss goals or, or whatever that looks like, um, and they are not successful. And it really roots back to this one thing. And so when we're talking about dieting in general, sticking to a calorie deficit, um, adherence is everything. And like I've said before, there is no macro adjustment that will make up for lack of consistency. So the lack of consistency, this is the number one reason that people fail in their dieting attempts. And I've narrowed down three reasons why people have a hard time being consistent and staying on plan. So that's what we're going to talk about, those three reasons. And then we're going to have some tangible takeaways for how to, um, for lack of better words, stay on track. So the first reason why I see or the first mistake that I see people make um, in being consistent with their diet is they have no hard stop. So they have set no end date. They have a goal in mind in terms of um, weight typically. So they might start a diet at um, 200 pounds and maybe they say, I want to get down to 150. And so they have that goal in terms of where they want to get to, but they have literally nothing else in terms of how they're going to get there, how they're going to be measuring things, you know, what success looks like for them. But really the the biggest thing is there's no hard stop date. And um, when we're talking about dieting, you have to understand, especially for people that have a larger weight loss goal, it is going to take them obviously more time. And a lot of times they're not going to be able to do that in one um phase in one fat loss phase. So it's going to have to be phased out. And um, and we'll talk about this in the, the tangible takeaways later, but the nutrition periodization is where that comes down to looking at your year and mapping out, you know, when you're going to be dieting, when you're going to be at maintenance, you know, when you're going to be dieting again, if again, if you're someone with more weight to lose. So it's really looking at those things. Um, but that's the biggest mistake that I see people make is they don't have an end date. So what happens is they start their diet and there is no end date in sight. So 
They do really great Monday through Friday. Saturday comes and maybe what was going to be a treat meal spirals into a treat day. Same thing for Sunday. And then they're like, well, shit, I'm just going to start over on Monday. Because again, there is no timeline that they're working on. So this can drag on for forever. And it does. So that's the biggest um, mistake that I'll see people make is there is no end date. So there's always the... Um, starting over constantly. And so when you have an end date in place, so say you, you know, you look ahead and you say, okay, I have 12 weeks that I'm going to cut. You know, for those 12 weeks that you are going to have to make some sacrifices, you're going to have to make compromises. It's easier to stay consistent when you have a finish line, a target ahead so that you can, you know, count down the days basically till getting there. And so, Um, When you don't have that in place, it is so much easier to do the, you know, and I'm doing the air quotes again, fall off track and get back on track thing. Because again, you don't have a finish line that you're working towards. This is like an ongoing thing that's going to last for forever. And so, you know, when I talk to women and I'm like, when was the last time you weren't dieting? They can't remember because even though they maybe haven't consistently been in a calorie deficit and that's why they're not seeing the results because they're in a deficit through the week and then they're overeating on the weekend. So their average is really at maintenance. So that's why they've been maintaining their weight because again, the overeating with the, you know, deficit during the week, it's just shaking out for them to maintain. That's why they're spinning their wheels. But to them, they feel like they've been constantly dieting and they're super frustrated. So a lot of people, um, you know, give up at this point or they just keep on doing the yo-yo thing. So that is hands down. um, The biggest mistake that I see first is not having, um, not identifying a hard stop date um, where you know, okay, when at the end of this 12 weeks, I am going to be done with my cut, then I'm going to reverse diet and be at maintenance for a while. And then I'll cut again later um, after I've given my body some recovery time you know, whatever that looks like, or maybe you have a lot of things going on and you know, it's going to be hard to diet during, you know, a, a certain time frame, which is great to know that. Um, but again, that biggest mistake, the first thing that you need to do is have a hard stop set in place so that you're not constantly starting over every Monday, whatever that looks like. The second thing um, that I will see is people have extremely unrealistic expectations. So, I see this, oh my gosh, especially when the shred starts. Um, and there's about 500 people in this January group. So tons of um, people in there. And I will see a lot of them post um, really excited after their first week, like, oh my goodness, I'm down, you know, this many pounds and this is great. And and then I'll see a few of them that are like, um, well, the scale hasn't moved or it's barely moved or, or whatever that looks like. And then, of course, comparing yourself to someone else is going to be detrimental because, again, no two people are alike. Um, even if they were the same age, height, weight, activity level, you know, their likelihood of their calories and everything being exactly the same and um, their weight loss being exactly the same, like it's just not going to happen. So, again, First of all, not comparing. But secondly, for those expectations, understanding that weight loss isn't linear. Do not give up after the first week, the first two weeks, if you're not seeing results like someone else, again, because you shouldn't compare, or 
for what you thought they were going to be. Because what happens is we get these unrealistic expectations in our head and then we're like, oh, I thought I was going to lose like three or four pounds each week. Um, or I thought I was going to lose, you know, I've got this trip coming up and I need to lose a pound and a half or, or two pounds a week. Again, that's likely not going to happen. So again, weight loss isn't linear. You're not going to lose weight every week. You might have a week that your first week you lose four pounds. Your second week, you may lose zero or you may gain a little. Again, look at the average. So in two weeks, you're down four pounds, which is two pounds a week. That's amazing. It's setting yourself up for the realistic things that are going to happen and knowing that losing two, three, four pounds, hell, even one pound a week for some people isn't realistic. So I think a good rule of thumb when we're talking about weight loss is 0.5, so like half a percent to 1% per pound of body weight. So again, I always use these really small (laughs) weights because it's easy math. But if you weighed 100 pounds, we'd be talking about, so 0.5 to 1%. So we're talking about half a pound to a pound of body weight on average per week. And I say on average per week because, again, you might have a week that you lose nothing. You might have a week that you lose two pounds. You might have a week that you lose another pound. And then say the last week of that month, you gain 0.5. So when you look at the four weeks, what is that? You've lost three and a half pounds. If I do that math right, I think you guys get the idea. So again, looking at the weight loss on average, understanding what is realistic. And again, I would say 0.5 to 1% per gram per pound of body weight. I hope I didn't get tongue-tied there. Um, So again, having that realistic expectation in terms of weight loss is huge because I see so many people who do not hit what they thought they were going to or what they had mapped out. um, And what they had mapped out isn't realistic. And so then they get frustrated and they throw in the towel. So um, that one is huge. And then Also looking at how you're measuring what success is, what progress is. So if the only thing that you are using as your unit of measure is the scale, then you're doing it wrong. And I do see that mistake made all the time. So first of all, understand that nobody knows what you weigh except for you and maybe your doctor. Um, And you can change your body composition and your weight barely move and look totally different. So again, if you're only using the scale, that's where you're messing up. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with using the scale. I weigh myself every day. Um, I think that people have um, gone too far with the smash the scale and all that, that crazy stuff because you cannot manage what you don't measure. And so if you're working towards weight loss and you have no idea how much you weigh and you don't weigh yourself frequently or, you know, enough to get that to measure the trends, then you're not going to be able to manage that. And statistics have even shown that people that um, maintain a healthy weight are people that weigh themselves regularly. Again, it's because they keep an eye on it. Um, Same thing with your finances. It's all the same. So Again, um, just knowing that the scale shouldn't be the only unit of measure to see that you're making progress. I would suggest using progress pictures, um, measurements, how you feel, 
how your clothes are fitting, how sleep is, um, progress in the gym, your endurance. Are you able to run longer? Are you able to lift heavier? There's a ton of different things that you can measure. So again, it shouldn't just be one unit. There should be you know, a multitude of things that you're looking at to make sure that you're progressing, but identifying that before you start your diet is going to be key. And then the third one, um, and I don't really know that these are in any like um, level of importance, but the third one is that your diet is too, too restrictive. Um, and so with this one, you're either following a plan that doesn't take into consideration your lifestyle, food preferences, things like that, or maybe you are, but you're uh, way too rigid with it. So what I mean by that, so if you're someone who um, you're following a plan because you're trying to lose weight, but you're not taking into account your lifestyle and food preferences, this could be uh, maybe somebody who is trying um I'm not going to throw out any program names, but a program that um, requires you to intermittent fast and carb cycle. And so maybe with the fasting, maybe you're somebody who loves breakfast and you like to eat first thing in the morning. And that is how your lifestyle is set up. Maybe you get up super early and you love having a meal shortly after you wake up. But then now you're trying to do this plan that requires you to remove that because you need to fast. That's not fitting in your lifestyle. So again, that might be too restrictive for you. Um, Another example might be someone who loves carbs, loves bread and fruit and veggies, and they're trying to follow keto. Again, that's not going to mesh well with your lifestyle. So those are just a couple of examples of how, you know, a plan might not um, be fitting or taking into consideration your lifestyle and your food preferences. Um, But it could be, you know, maybe that you're counting macros, which is very flexible, but maybe you are making it too rigid. Maybe you're not giving yourself um, enough wiggle room in terms of the leeway that you can have with the grams. You know, maybe you're trying to hit them perfectly where you could say, I can let them go three to five grams over or under my goal. Or maybe it's that um, you're trying to hit everything too perfectly and you could really just focus on calories and protein. It could also be that um, you are so rigid with it that you have a hard time. um, You know that the weekends are where you typically need, you know, maybe one day to go out to eat and you need a little higher calorie allotment. And instead of, you know, calorie cycling and maybe eating a little less during the week, you are just trying to eat that steady, you know, count every day instead of giving yourself some buffer room for the weekend. So again, um, the too restrictive part is um, really big because that's where people just try to go ham and just jump in guns a blazing and they try to eliminate everything and do the quickest thing to lose the weight. And it is too restrictive and then it backfires. And so they end up either, um, I hate to say binge eating because people use that term way too freely, but they end up overeating on the weekends um, or some day through the week, whatever. It doesn't have to just be the weekends, but I feel like the weekends typically is when that happens because we have a lot more structure through the week. And so when the weekend comes and they have less structure um, and they, you know, don't really know what to do with themselves <laughs> and they go out to eat and they haven't prepared for having more calories, um, they usually will overdo it and say, well, at this point I'm over my calories. I'm just not going to track at all. And they kind of let the wheels fall off. 
So um, again, on those three reasons why you can't be consistent, it was not having a hard stop. So no end date, um, unrealistic expectations, and then your diet is too too restrictive. So now how we can flip those and make those work for you. So the first thing is when you are setting out on a dieting journey, um, set a hard stop, have a stop date in place. This comes back to periodizing your nutrition. So look at a calendar, see how long, you know, I recommend a dieting phase be for most people, it's going to be 12 to 16 weeks. It, it could be a little shorter. It could be eight to 10 if you're someone with a lot less weight to lose, or maybe you have a shorter timeline. Um, maybe you're dieting for a wedding and you don't have a lot of weight to lose. So it, it could be a little shorter. But again, on average, we're talking 12 to 16 weeks. 12 weeks, um, I think, is a great time frame for most people. But again, when you are um, in a dieting phase, it's going to be very individual in how long you can stay in that because really you might have, you have obese people who can diet a lot longer because they have stored body fat. Um, so they're able to go into a more aggressive deficit. Um, they can stay in a calorie deficit longer than someone with less weight to lose. But you also have to look at dieting fatigue. So um, when you have people that they get to the point where they're, um, overly hungry. So it's hard to stay on plan. They get to where sleep is starting to suffer, maybe their gym performance. So again, that might shorten the length of your dieting phase. Um, but again, that's very individualized. You might have someone who can, you know, party on for the whole 12 weeks and you might have somebody who gets to that last eight, nine weeks. And they're like, I'm really struggling. I need to pump the brakes. So again, you just need to know that about yourself if you're not working with a coach um, and be really honest with yourself. So again, hard stop, periodize your nutrition, look at a calendar, map it out for if you're looking at 12 weeks and then in that 12 weeks. So say you started January 1 and you look that's January, February, March. So you're going to diet through those three months and you look and make sure that you have nothing going on in those three months that is going to um, pull you off track or make it hard to stay um, in a calorie deficit that's going to make adherence difficult. So if you look and you're like, okay, I know I'm traveling in the end of January and then in March there's a spring break thing coming and I'll have a whole week where I'm going to be um, – on vacation and February is Valentine's Day and we always do a big dinner. And then I always love all the candy that comes out at Walmart. That's probably not going to be the best time for you to do your 12 week cutting phase. If you have a ton of things going on and a ton of food that you're looking forward to. However, if you looked at it and you said, yep, it's there's nothing going on, no trips. I have very few commitments in terms of maybe eating out or um, social obligations that are going to pull me off track, then I would say, go for it, do it. But just knowing that up front, having that hard stop and then looking at a calendar and making sure that you don't have anything that is going to make adherence difficult is going to be the number one thing that you can do to set yourself up for success for a successful <laughs> dieting phase. Okay. So that is um, the first thing that you can do, and that's periodizing your nutrition and having that hard stop. 
The second one is going to be um, just really defining what progress looks like, what success looks like to you, um, and having several metrics to measure those things. So success for um, someone could be passing on a dessert at dinner. Um, and success for someone else might be that they tracked their whole dinner to a T and they got dessert and tracked it too. Again, it's very different. It's going to be very individualized what that looks like to you, but having several metrics to measure that. So um, again, it might be passing on the food. It might be tracking the food, um, using the scale, pictures, measurements, how you're progressing in your workouts, how your clothes are fitting, how you're feeling, how sleep is, how stress is. Um, All of those are great biofeedback markers to measure how things are going. Um, But again, don't just rely on the scale because one, it will set you up for um, disappointment if that's the only thing that you're using to measure your progress. Two, nobody knows and nobody cares (laughs) how much you weigh. They do not, you don't have a sticker on your back that says 120 pounds. You know, it, nobody knows how much you weigh. So again, don't put so much, and I know it's easy to say that, um, but don't put so much emphasis on that because there are so many other things that if that's the only thing you're measuring, you're missing out on progress that you're making in so many other areas and you don't even know it because you're so fixated on the scale. Um, My recommendation with weighing, though, is weigh yourself. If you're not comfortable weighing daily, weigh yourself a minimum of three times a week. Use your weekly average and compare that week over week. Again, the realistic expectation part here is knowing that you are not going to see a loss week over week. You're not going to see a loss every week. Some people might. It is not generally going to happen for everyone. You are going to have weeks that you're stagnant and nothing moves. You're going to have a week where it's a huge drop and you'll have a week sometimes where there's a gain. Again, it's not linear. It's different for everyone. Do not compare your weight loss, your journey to someone else's. But defining what success is to you and having multiple units that you're measuring while you are dieting is going to be huge in terms of making sure that you are not only just successful, but that you don't get to where you're frustrated and feel like throwing in the towel because you feel like you're not seeing progress. And then the third one, um, when we were talking about your diet being too restrictive, um, is make sure that you're following a plan that takes into consideration your food choices, your lifestyle. Um, Again, If it's something that requires you to fast and you prefer breakfast, it might not be the best option. Um, If it wants you to eliminate certain food groups, I don't recommend that for anyone. Um, So find something that is sustainable and works for you and your lifestyle, something that you know that you can commit to for several months, not just during the week. Now, if you're someone who is a macro counter and you know that weekends are where you struggle, and this is where I see, um, and even calorie counting, this is where I see the majority of people fall off is that, again, they do really great through the week and they'll even under eat through the week. And then the weekend comes and they go crazy. And a lot of that um, going crazy on the weekends is because they've either set themselves up and said, I can have a cheat meal on the weekend and they've restricted so much during the week that the cheat meal spirals out of control because they've not allowed themselves 
any of their favorite foods during the week. So again, if you're counting macros um, and doing this, allow more of those foods in during the week. Hit your goal. Don't try to eat so far under to bank all these crazy calories um, or because you think you're going to, you know, get to your weight loss goal faster, but just be smart about it. Set a calorie cycle. Look at your weekly total. I know I've linked this several times. I have a YouTube video that I did on this um, where it's probably better explained because I use a whiteboard, but I'll link that in the show notes. But when you calorie cycle, you're, you're setting, um, you're looking at your weekly total versus just day to day. And so if you have an allotment of calories, you know, say it's 1500 per day. Um, and again, I'm trying to actually let's do 2000 cause that's an easier mathematical thing for me here. So say your goal is 2000 a day. Um, and you multiply that by seven, that's 14,000 calories you have for the week. You can spend those 14,000 calories however you want over those seven days. So if that means one day is, um, 1600 calories and the next day is 2400 the next day is 2000 again it doesn't matter it's not being so um i hate to keep using the word restrictive but that you're you're making it so you know i have to hit this 2000 every single day you might have a day that you're not as hungry you might have a day that you're way more hungry um or you might have an event coming up that you want to bank some calories for so again look at that weekly total divvy up your calories and spend those however you need and give yourself a little more flexibility there. So um, that calorie cycling can be huge for clients. Again, I know I've said this before, but I do this for all of my clients. All the shred clients get a calorie cycle that they can choose to use or not use. You don't have to. Um, and you can calorie cycle. You can implement that at any point. There, I, for the most part, follow a steady count every day unless I have something going on or an event coming up where I need to calorie cycle and save some calories for that event. Um, but again, it doesn't have to be something you do every week, but you might find that you like to have you know, social weekends. And so having a few hundred calories extra to work with on a Saturday to where you can get a, you know, a couple cocktails, or maybe you want to go eat at a steakhouse and have the loaf of bread with your steak. <laughs> so again, it, it's going to be very individualized, but just taking into account um, your, all of those things when you are, you know, following your plan, don't make it so, restrictive that you're not taking into account your lifestyle, your food preferences, um, food that you enjoy eating daily. Because if you're eating things every day because you have to, or because um, you feel like you can't eat something else, then the likelihood of you sticking with that plan for very long is not very good. So that is all I have for you guys today. I hope it's super helpful. Um, again, these are things that I see the most common mistakes, why people can't stay on plan, and um, some things that you can do to flip that on its head and help you have a more successful dieting phase. So again, as always, I always appreciate when you guys leave um, reviews, ratings on the podcast, when you share it on your social media. If you do that, make sure to tag me. But that is all I have for you today. And I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Empowered Radio. If you enjoyed the episode or found value in it, could you do me two quick favors? One, take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tag me in it so I can say thanks. And two, could you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes? It would mean the world to me. 
Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.